Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Reason We Learn. I'm your host, Deb Philman. At The Reason We Learn, we aspire to be part of the solution. The purpose of this show is to take a good, honest, potentially painful look at the way kids are being educated. We know we can do better, and this is where we'll talk about how. Let's learn something. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Reason We Learn. If you are new to this channel and interested in being part of the solution to our education crisis and protecting children from predatory ideology, which is what we're going to be talking about today, I hope you will subscribe to be notified when I make new content or host live broadcasts like this one. Please also like and share this broadcast so as many people can participate live with us in the chat. If you're watching on the replay, thank you for watching and listening. And I know you will still get a lot out of this. Each of these shows is an opportunity to hear from people who are working to improve the lives of children, whether inside education or just outside where education touches the outside world. That is the case today. And this, this guest is no exception. Dennis Noel Kavanaugh is a former criminal barrister, and he's now a commentator. He's one of the director of Gay Men's Network, a not-for-profit organization fighting modern forms of homo homophobia, one of which is the trans activist movement. Um, he joins me today to discuss the willful ma manipulation and conversion of vulnerable children by the Mermaids charity in the UK. We're going to discuss what we can take away from the lessons of mermaids. It's still ongoing. As of today, there's big news for us to report. Um, what we can take away from the scandal, what we can learn from this about ourselves, about our culture, so we can protect American kids as well. Obviously, the UK is working to protect their children and children around the world, and we need to pay closer attention right here at home. So please join me in welcoming Dennis to the broadcast. Hi, Dennis. Hello. Hi, Deb. Thanks for having me back. Thanks Hope for coming back. back. I greatly appreciate it. Not at all. So uh, we had some big news today. First, first, let's tell let's tell the audience what is Mermaids. They may not have even ever heard of it. Sure. Um, Mermaids is a charity in the United Kingdom. It's, it says that it looks after the interests of trans and gender diverse kids. So there's your first warning. It believes that there's such a thing as a trans kid. And it has been up till this week extremely powerful. It's been embedded in education, in health, where it's wreaked havoc at the Tavistock Clinic, which had to be closed because it was not safe in the report of the, the clinician, Dr. Hilary Cass. Um, and up to this point, if you criticised it on Twitter or raised objections to its obvious safeguarding, it, it is, it's a safeguarding calamity, um, you would be cancelled. You would lose your account. I lost my Twitter account <laughs> with some fairly colourful language saying that I wanted mermaids to be prosecuted. But... I don't know if that's a good link to the big news today. Um, Maybe you'll get it back. Yes, yeah, it is a good link yeah. to the news today. What is that news? Well, the news today is that a fantastic parliamentarian, Miriam Cates MP, stood up at questions to the Prime Minister and said, um, in, in the past few weeks, the Daily Telegraph has reported this lot of sending out breast binders, say breast flatteners to children behind their parents' back. They're providing medical information, misinformation. One of their trustees has had to resign because of links to a pro-pedophile organization. That's a trustee. Um, one of their social media guys is, is then found all over the internet posting pictures, which I, I suggest you don't Google, but they are, as you can imagine, pornographic. 
in nature. So this this very brave MP stood up and said, and there's a number of other things going on, a basic safeguarding failures to do with children, which we can talk about later, and said, look, this, it's time for a criminal investigation. What's going on here is, is criminal. This is, this is about children. It's very powerful. When she delivered the question, there was a roar in the House of Commons chamber. There was a roar of support, which I was very heartened by. And then our Prime Minister, Liz Truss, um, stood up and basically essentially said she could see the wisdom in it. In a bit of a politician's answer, but you know, it wasn't the Prime Minister saying, no, 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 that's transphobic. Um, so really big moment in the UK to have this outfit, which has been untouchable up to this point. It's been sacrosanct up to this point have it threatened on the floor of the House of Commons with a criminal investigation. And um, you have to forgive me, Deb, but a, a bunch of us sort of just punched the air because <laughs> we've, we've been going yes. about this. You've been years. working so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no one's been listening. It's all been, shut up, you horrible turfs. Shut up, you transphobes. Da, 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 da. We've been saying that, you know, courts of law have been finding these, this place to be a danger. Um, and... You know, I think you have this problem in the US where these places are untouchable, but, you know, maybe this is the first crack in the dam. It certainly feels that way in the UK. Right, right. And you have likened this to previous scandals. So you said, you know, we should have learned from the past. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we've got we've got something going on here, which I think one can usefully analyze in, in two ways. In, in the first instance, it's a bit like satanic panic or multiple personality disorder. You remember that book, Sybil, and, and all of that yep. stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's got that sort of social contagion, but it's also got the medical stuff to it as well. So it's also similar to lobotomies or thalidomide. But this one's different. And the reason it's different is that there are plenty of people like you and me who are contemporaneously or have been contemporaneously pointing out this problem. And the difference is that it's had an apparatus of silencing because, because gender is built on lies and paradox and nonsense. It has to silence. It can't sustain itself in sunlight or reason debate. It can't live in the enlightenment. That's why it tries to extinguish the enlightenment. It has to live in the shadows. And gender always operates in um, the shadows. So it's, it, it's very similar to, to those old scandals, except that it's, you can add in another social force, which is it's got its own form of sort of McCarthyism as well, where if you question it, you, you are instantly cancelled. And it ha as I say, it has to do that. It has to do that because you, you don't need to subject gender to very serious questions for it to crumble. I mean, when you say to these people, are you seriously suggesting the diagnostic criteria for castration should be that your son played with a Barbie doll once? Is that really what you're saying? You know, the minute right. you put that out into the sunlight, it, it, it's shown for the hungry, the flesh-hungry monster that it actually is. Right. Now, I've heard some people likening this to sort of a religious cult yeah. in a way. So, we, you know, there are comparisons to previous, you know, uh, yeah. panics and, and you know, uh, fetishes and things like that. But the way it's operating does feel similar to the way you know you were talking about this kind of mccarthyism but there's also that component of belief that you just highlighted where you know it doesn't stand up to the light of day you can't you, you can't reason with people you really can't even discuss it scientifically they want to change science yeah. completely to make it true so you know what do you think about that that it's becoming something that you you not only can't talk about because 
hurty feelings, but you can't talk about because someone is talking about their deeply held beliefs. Oh, and that's kind of like a, a shield. Yeah, I mean, you, you can map just about every incidence of a faith onto gender, can't you? Trans women and women, that's a statement of belief, right? Most people don't mean that literally. It's a statement of belief. It's a mantra. So it's got its mantras. It's got its sacraments, you know, the, the first time you wear your breast binder or your first set of hormones. Those are all sacraments. It's got its untouchable priest class. Certainly got that. You mess, you know, you mess with the wrong person. You'll be you'll be cancelled. Um, it's got a requirement of the belief in the impossible, which you, I suppose you could equate to transubstantiation. And you could take this transubstantiation metaphor further, can't you, and say it, it genuinely believes in the complete and unscientific um, changing of, of the human body. It certainly also has its heresies. We can see we can see. Yeah, that's that. clear. That's clear. You, yes. You and I are probably both heretics. Um, of course we are. <laughs> yeah, but very happy ones. Um, yeah. And I, I'll tell you what it's really got, which is where it reminds me of Islam, actually, and, and some Christian sects as well, is it's got its apostasy. Sorry, apostasy. Um, if you were a detransitioner, uh, the, the hell you will get for speaking against the faith. Um, right. And and it and it works quite religiously as well. When you when you get people to together, there's you know you look at them on social media because it, it is I, I often describe it as an aesthetic flesh cult because I think it is. I think I think it depends a lot on aesthetics. It puts a lot of value on aesthetics, and obviously, it finds sacraments in the flesh and the cleaving of flesh and the surgical cleaving um, of flesh. But it's a failed aesthetic cult. So it has to participate in paradoxical rituals. So someone puts up a photo of themselves and they look objectively hideous. And what happens? 200 people say, you look great. You never look better. And this is unreality, um, sustaining unreality. And it's the maintenance of unreality. And gender is a machine of unreality. It's an engine of unreality. What do we do with that engine? We throw little children into the gears of it, I'm afraid. Is the bitter epitaph of gender. And enter mermaids. Yeah. And so take us, I know this is it's quite a saga from beginning to end, but can mm. you give us sort of the high points of the timeline? Like sure. who founded it, why, and then sort of like, how did we get here? How did it even get to be the kind of thing that's powerful enough that we have to consider criminal charges and put them out of business because they're doing some yeah. severe damage. Well, many, many years ago, Mermaids was a harmless little charity run by a little handful of parents who were confronted by the extremely rare cases, mainly of homosexual boys who didn't who didn't want to be boys. Uh, a, good, a good dose of that, I suspect, was internalised homophobia. Very few girls at that time. And it was a rather benign, nice little charity. Now, about 2015, two things happened. Um, I think slightly prior to that point, a woman um, called Susie Green um, became the CEO of Mermaid. She's something of a famous figure in gender because she uh, gave a TED talk in which yes. she explained to the audience that she had a camp little boy, one of her, one of her four sons. Uh, she's got four kids, I think. I think he's, he's, he's one of her boys. Um, he was playing with the wrong toys, you know, he was dancing around, he was, he was being a little gay boy, basically. Um, the father, she tells us, took exception to that, couldn't handle it. Um, and so he was put on puberty blockers, then given various bits of surgery on him. His 16th birthday, he was castrated in Thailand. She flew him over there. 
a 15-year-old on the plane. He's taken to Thailand and castrated on his 16th birthday. Does she ever explain why she didn't just let him grow up gay and tell her husband to sod off? <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, she, yeah, <laughs> um, because, you know, mermaids is a homophobic hate group, right? And it's a, it's an anti-child hate group. It can't handle gender nonconformity because in the world of mermaids, if you play with the wrong toys or if you do, you know, if you're not action man or Barbie, then that is diagnostic criteria that you need to be surgically and chemically corrected. Um, so naturally, that's going to hit the constituencies that it has, which is um, kids that grow up to be homosexuals like me or um, autistic kids. There's also an awful lot of kids who are in foster care or who are in government care who are getting hit on this. So, so there's a trauma link with this. Right, they have poor well. attachment. They are they want yeah. to belong. And they've come from, you know, terrible backgrounds. They've had to yeah. deal with a lot. And gender is often presented to these poor children as a panacea, isn't it? It's, you take this. This is one of the things Dr. Hilary Cass was saying recently. You know, no one is looking at the comorbidities. No one's saying, well, is this kid bullied at school? So... Anyway, so it all becomes supercharged when Green takes over um, and there's a confluence of events, which is her appointment and Stonewall, our big gay charity, or former gay charity, I like to think of it as, it sort of runs out of things to do after gay marriage. So what it does in 2015, the CEO says, we're going to embrace gender. She also says, we know we won't take all of the gay community with us on this, by which she principally means lesbians, but also stroppy gay men like me. But it's a risk worth taking anyway. So thank you, Ruth. We were only just both gay men and lesbians. We were only just back up on our feet after HIV AIDS. You know, a lot of us are dealing with quite a lot of stuff from that. A lot of us, you know, have spent quite a lot of our lives at funerals and so on. And, and so we're plunged into the gender wars. So Mermaid starts pushing extreme gender ideology and... A lot of us in the gay rights movement aren't really paying attention because we kind of think, oh, we've got marriage and we sort of just leave Stonewall to one side. We leave mermaids to one side. And I think that was foolish of us in retrospect, actually. it was. I mean, I wasn't involved in gay politics at all at the time. Um, so when we look around a few years later, it's everywhere. It, it, it's in schools. Little children are being taught they've got the wrong bodies. Um, they tend to be kids that are going to be growing up gay or autistic kids, as I say, and okay, leaving kids. Um, it's in government. Um, people are talking about assigned male at birth, assigned female at birth, all this weird nonsense. It's right. in hospitals. Suddenly the NHS, our National Health Service, won't say the word woman. Um, it's in higher education. It's, it's, it's just everywhere. It's spread. And it's spread in the shadows. It's taken everything over. Um so that was the, that was the position um, when this all started kicking off about the time the, the magnificent late great Magdalene Burns starts making videos on YouTube, which is still available to say there is a problem here, guys, and particularly to gay people. Wake up, wake the hell up, because um, right. this is going to get worse. Um, and we know the rest of the story, really, don't we? It's, it, it infects the entirety of the public sector, the Enlightenment um uh, buttresses against unreason fail just as they failed in mccarthyism just as they failed in mpd or um, the satanic panic or whatever scandal you want to go to um and we are stuck with the unreason of gender everywhere and the worst thing is it is spread across the political spectrum so 
if you're a left-wing man and you're a union man, your union will have transit-friendly policies. And if you're a big tech right-wing boy or girl, both examples, um, your big tech company will support this. It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. So, um, and so uh, they 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 grew yeah. after Susie was appointed, and. They got some pretty uh, important endorsements. Didn't, didn't Prince Harry say lovely yep. things about them? And oh, um, yeah. yeah. So, at what point did did they start morphing into an organization that was extremely friendly to predatory type practices and people? Was it the taking all, I, on of these people, or was it just concurrent with her appointment? I, I think it's concurrent with her appointment and the rise of gender identity ideology because, you know, the, the problem that they've got in gender is that their safeguarding is almost non-existent, uh, as is becoming very clear, with catastrophic results um, where marks are cleaved across young bodies as evidence thereof. Um, and I think there's a mix. The, you've got some very incompetent people and you've got some malicious people. Um, but you know what? I, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, if you end up with a child seriously harmed, I'm not sure I care anymore which one of those categories you're in. I think you're equally culpable for what right. what, what has happened right. there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it, but I do think that because a gender identity ideology is is part of this awful intellectual dross called queer theory, um, which was dreamt up by inveterate paedophiles, frankly. Um, that if you if, if you practice gender identity ideology, which is a branch of it, you're going to attract those people. Because once you break down male-female, yeah, once you say to children, you can make a life-altering choice. Let me put that in a different way. You can consent to a life-altering choice. Right. What, mm -hmm. what else can you consent to? I saw a frightening thing today, Deb. Well, if you can um, cut yourself apart and remove body parts, yeah. you know, it almost seems like sex with an adult is less permanent and mutilating and horrible. I, I don't think it is. I think they're on par yeah. with each other. But I think in the minds of, you know, that's where they're going. That's where they want to go. Yeah. Well, if they want to think if the child can do this, they can do that. They're pretty clear about it these days. Yeah. You know, I mean, you go to any university's gender studies department and you look at, you, you know, you can normally pick the one that it's going to be. Uh, and you look at the papers they're writing. Um, they're pretty open about this. And that was the case with this mermaids trustee who's just resigned. He published a paper, I think it's his PhD, in which he compared, um, and forgive me, this is a bit, a bit well, I'll, I'll try and put it in, in language that isn't rude, but um, he, he talks about ejaculating onto or next to a child. And he said that was just the same. This is in terrible gender prose, though, as doing so to a shoe, an inanimate object. Um, he then went on um, to, to start to refer to the child as it, which I thought was the most telling bit in the whole thing. So an object. The child is literally objectified. Um, that's that's classic queer theory. You can find that in most university, universities. We are funding this. Well, okay? we're, not only we're funding it, but if you look at the policies, the the comprehensive sex ed policies, the 
you know, uh, inclusion, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion policies in most American schools right now, they've adopted mm -hmm. the queer theory definition of gender. So in other words, they're acting like it's not brand spanking new and completely different than yeah. it was defined two, three years ago um, in all the schools in America. So parents don't realize this. You have to go deep into the documents and look at their glossaries and look at their definitions of what is gender, gender identity, transgender, all these things. Yeah. And you realize it would be akin to taking the definition of, you know, transubstantiation, a soul, yeah. uh, you know, heaven, hell, whatever, and like sticking it in school documents and saying these are facts. Yeah. And, it, and I don't think parents have the tools either to find that stuff without somebody pointing it out, you'd have to really dig in, or yeah. to understand what that means, that it's not true. That just because a school or some yeah. official politician or somebody put it into something, it's not science, it's not. It's a theory, and it's queer theory. Yeah, and, and this is one of their tactics. They have more time on their hands than we do, right? right. And they draft these enormously elaborate, almost unreadable documents. And... They tack it in, they, they, they put it, it, it goes under the radar, and before you know it, it's absolutely everywhere. And this goes back to a document called the Denton's document. Denton's obviously the law firm who advised some of the scions of this movement that, look, there'll never be a public constituency for this. Everyone will always argue if they can see what you're doing. So what you need to do is sneak stuff in. And they famously did this in Ireland where self-ID, so a man says, I'm a woman, and the law has treated him as a woman, just on him saying that, that was snuck in along with gay marriage. Um, so when Ireland had the referendum on gay marriage, no one realised they were voting, voting for self-ID. In it goes. That's how this works. It's the same with the conversion therapy ban. Everyone thinks, oh, conversion therapy is really bad. But if you actually lift the hood, because, I mean, they play Orwellian word games this long. Yeah. They do so with the painful gay history of conversion therapy, which irritates the hell out of me, I can tell you, because they do like to parasitize and exploit my movement, which I've had enough of, as you could probably uh, tell. But in that, they say, well, you know, you can't, we must have a trans conversion therapy ban. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It says, it means we will prosecute any doctor who dares to say to a child, maybe you're not born in the wrong body, maybe you're a bit unhappy. That's what it actually means. So it's another word. Meanwhile, the whole m medical community is converting gay children, probably gay children, pre-gay children, it, to be a, like a synthetic version yeah. of the opposite sex so that they, and, and here's the thing, they aren't changing their sexuality. That's right. So in the in one breath, they will tell you quite openly that a trans identity has nothing to do with sexuality. They're completely separate. And in the very next breath, they lump them together, LGBTQIA, like like everybody has the same goals and the same needs, and they they you could end up still having a gay child. They're just now going to have the physical appearance, in theory, of the sex that it wouldn't look it wouldn't look gay. Well, precisely, <laughs> right? it's, 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 precisely, it's, it's, it's completely it's gay, synthetic. It's gay conversion by gender. It's give us your camp mincing little boy, and we will give you a simulacra of a female, a straight female, and vice versa across the sexes. That's precisely what it is. It predates on um, young um, sort of pre-homosexuals, as it were, where gender non-conforming 
behavior there is just more in my community there is you do just you know you you know you're going to meet more camp guys who are gay than are straight you're going to meet more butch women who are lesbians than are not that is normal in my community right. like we don't have you know it's only gender non-conforming if 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 you take a heterosexual point of view in my community it's perfectly gender conforming um so yeah it's it, it, it's an existential challenge and it's actually an existential mission to medically and surgically annihilate and correct homosexuality. That's that's what it, that's what it really is at its heart. Right. That's what it's doing um, exactly. to these kids. Now, um, this is a you've mentioned already. It, what Charlie's saying: the reason queer mm -hmm. theorists like Judith Butler write their stuff using a language that yeah. is so hard to understand. It's exactly this: they want to hide dangerous ideas. Now, every time I've brought this up, and I know you've brought it up many times. You'll, you'll get people, I mean, you'll have some people like Charlie who say, well, yes, of course, it's obvious they're trying to have this. And then you'll have other people say, oh, come on, take off your tinfoil hat. Why would people, what, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm incredulous because I can't believe that we are here in 2022 with all of the history behind us, not just in terms of these types of scandals, but also just history in general of pe powerful people lying and gaslighting and other things to get into power to hold power like why is this so hard to believe well it, it it ought not to be the evidence is right before our eyes i mean if if, if people want to go and look up that quote of this chap talking about shoes and children i i've simplified it but it, it's actually written across you know seven or eight extremely prolix elaborate sentences where there's no need for that and um I'm going to name drop at this point. I hope you don't mind. I, yeah, I, I, quote, I, quote, I quote my friend Douglas Murray on this, who says of Judith Butler, um, writing that bad has to be hiding something. And I don't think. think? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's precisely yeah. what it is. Look at Michel Foucault's writing. Look at Dedera's uh, writing. This I've is... read Mein Kampf. Yeah. Oh, God. Slogged yes. through oh, that God. horrible thing. Now, granted, it was a yeah. translation, but even then I was like. Yeah. And yet it's all there. Like, so yeah. in other words, just like this verbiage, you know, verbal vomit, you, you know, yeah. you can get to, you know, you, once you get through these horrible sentences and ridiculous paragraphs, there it is saying, I want to take over the world and kill people. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's pretty much yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just worded in a way that makes you want and to stop reading it. Remember, I speak as a former fraud prosecution barrister. Um, if you explain a pyramid scheme simply, you'll never con anyone. The way that you con someone is you take simple things and you make them complex. Because if you do that, do you remember, I don't know if you remember the lawyer's song in Chicago. He says, if you keep them way off balance, they'll never see you. You've got no talents. Keeping people off balance is what this is doing. Yes. And it's making yes. people second guess themselves. And it's making people shut up. Gender always tries to get people to shut up. And this is another one of its silencing techniques because people don't want to be seen to be stupid or not understand things. So, right. you know, and you, think, you oh, meet more, more and more children now, at least I do in, in my work, mm -hmm. who are, let's say, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. And they'll say things like, well, I haven't yet decided what my gender identity is. I'm, I'm, I'm actually encountering more yeah. than a few kids who act like it's, you know, I haven't decided what my favorite music is. I haven't yeah. decided what. And. So what this also tells me is that the confusion they're sowing in the schools by introducing the queer theory and the gender theory to six-year-olds, like what's your, what are your pronouns, is to let them believe that this is just like any other choice 
and that they should choose it, not just can, but should, because mom and dad, you know, they're, they're wrong. And the mm. doctors too, no, they don't mm. know what they're talking about. And so I wonder how much mermaids was supporting is supporting people, you know, literally encouraging children to believe they are trans. So not just, we're going to take the gay yeah. children and we're going to trans yeah. them. But we're also going to go take the straight children and the average children and the children who have nothing really particularly going wrong other than, you know what, puberty is kind of scary. So is growing up and the world is confusing and pull them into if you want to be in the in crowd and you want to be in this warm and fuzzy club. Yep. Come over. Plenty of evidence. They do that. James Essis of the Thoughtful Therapists group on Twitter has catalogued the, the sort of appalling material that they put into schools. Uh, one that he put up recently had a thing for kids saying, you know, you can be a happy rainbow LGBT person or Q or whatever. whatever. And that was one side of the picture. It was really colourful. And then there was a black and white one and it was raining and there's a little girl and she's got no umbrella and she's soaking. Or you can be cis and straight. That's, that's an obvious message. And, you exactly. Know, the, exactly. This is like cult. It's, it's mm-hmm. like cult recruitment, but it's also like cultivating... Um, a new set of customers, isn't it? It's also quite obviously indoctrinating the young. So there are um, these really very sinister shades of the Cultural Revolution to it, because it's not just we've discovered a new wonderful thing called gender identity, you should go home and share it with your parents. It's actively saying you should denounce your parents. And this is very, this is getting very Chairman Mao right now. And it's okay to lie to them. We well, have video now where we're with a presentation and ASCA, the American uh, School Counselors Association, you know, saying teaching the counselors to tell the children to lie. Yeah, I, but that is in the heart of it. I mean, going back to the mermaids story, their forums, yeah. um, in order to get on the forums, there's a letter of complaint from a mother that's available on Graham Linehan's yes. mm-hmm. um, uh, Substack. And it's extraordinary. In order to be, so you're a child and you want to get on this forum. If you want to get on it, one of the requirements at the time where she made her complaint was, well, you must have an email address, but your parents mustn't be able to access it. Why would you say that? How, I mean, why would that be a requirement? Because for all mermaids know, the parents are fully on board with this or the parents are sitting next to them or supporting right. them. Why is that a requirement? Then there's a phone. Then the, the second thing before you get on the forums is one of their lot rings you to make sure that you're a child from a withheld number. Goodness knows if the courts are recorded. So it's an adult. An adult is calling to verify yeah. that you are a minor child. Yeah. From a, a withheld number. A, a total stranger, stranger from a withheld number. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, you've got some child upstairs who set up a secret email address, which mermaids have advised them to. They've said, if they say in their guidance, if you don't have one, set one up for yourself. Then they're taking a call from a stranger. Then they get onto these forums. And my goodness me. Uh, Deb, if you saw what was what is coming out about these forums, you've got children openly um, providing each other with medical advice because the moderators often don't bother either to correct it or to say we shouldn't talk about that here. So they're advising each other about um, how to procure. To, this is just going back to your point about lying to procure hormones dishonestly, or how to get them on the black market. This is Lord of the Flies now. We've got, it's gender Lord of the Flies. We've got kids advising kids on how to lie to doctors, to parents. And again, it's getting very culty, this. The only people you can trust are these people that understand you online. Everyone else hates you. 
Ah, and let's add to that by saying there's plenty of suicide chat on these forums, um, which is frightening when one considers it. And the mother in her letter of complaint says, I've noticed moderators just not intervening every now and then. One would ask for a private chat or give someone the number of Samaritans. Um, I, I know that people are in possession of material, um, apparently, of, of obviously very distressed children there talking about it. But they're sort of being cast into the digital wastelands. And for a principal example of that is there's then one example of a moderator when a conversation gets a bit spicy, and I don't know in what respect it did, advising them to go off to a Discord server, so unregulated, no moderator, often get porn on those sorts of things, I'm told. Um, you know, adults can access this. To go there, so completely unmoderated, and don't mention mermaids. Now, you know, Call me, call me paranoid and conspiratorial there, but I, several alarm bells are now ringing in my head. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> who the hell is on those servers? Who's following them to those servers? Um, I mean, you know, this is Lord of the Flies on the internet. Um, it's it's literally an open invitation for predators. Yeah. And you and I, here's the other question I have for adults listening. What adults want to be moderators, uh, you know, in, in this kind of a, a setting? You know, there. I mean, I'm sure there might be some who are, you know, big hearted and they want to help these kids. But, you know, would a would an open hearted, well intentioned person sit there and allow children to exchange medical information that is misinformation? Would they discourage them from telling their parents they're going through these hard times or suicidal? Would they encourage them to go onto a hidden Discord like? To me, as you said at the outset, you know, I don't care if you're just the dumbest person on planet Earth sure. or you're a predator, you're supporting your enabling predatory behavior. So as far as I'm concerned, you're a predator. You're yeah, an and I don't and I just don't want you near kids if that's all right. No. Because no, if, if you're, you're that dumb, you do you are exactly. not near children. If, you, if you're too stupid to get this right, you know, it's like I'm not gonna let you babysit my kids if you leave the front door open all night, right? You're too stupid. And that's what you guys are doing on the internet. But I'm afraid, I do think there's evidence that there's, it's worse than that. Some of these moderators are, um, Mermaids has a breast binder scheme. So that's a harmful object, yep. right? So the only study we have of that is of 23 year olds, I think they were. So, you know, women who who finished growing um, uh, breast tissue and 97% of them reported a health problem because, of course, they did. Because, of course, you don't just constrict a part of the human body without a consequence. Imagine what that does to girls when they're going through a growth, growth spurt. I think the problem's going to be even worse. Mermaids has um, a thing where they say, we'll hand out a breast binder. And what kicked this all off, in fact, was a Telegraph investigation where Haley from the Telegraph posed as a child, got onto one of these forums, and a moderator said, we can send you a breast binder. She then said... Um, to, to test the safeguarding. Oh, my mother doesn't want me wearing one of these. And uh, allegedly, and mermaids haven't denied this, I notice. So I'm saying allegedly, probably from an excess of caution there. Um, mermaid said, it's all right. We, we can send you one behind your mother's back. Oh my God. That's, a, that's, a, that's an item. That's a harmful item, Deb. Like I've processed, I, I, sorry, I've been in product liability cases where the item is not as dangerous. Um, yeah, that's that's insane. And so uh, thank you for the super chat, um, Talk Story Tribe. Ticket to the press class and being non-white. I think that's an excellent point. Would you would you agree that the constituency 
primarily getting pulled into this as sort of white middle class? Yeah, it's always been very bourgeois, this. Um, sometimes when you talk to working class people about this, they look at you like you're mad um, because it's just, I, I just, I just think there's more association with the material world in working class environments. Bourgeois parents are far more likely to sit down and say, let's look at your iPad and find out what gender identity you are. You know, it, it, it is bourgeois. It's solipsistic. It's inward looking. It's endlessly ruminatory, you know. And in order to do all those things, you have to be materially comfortable enough for that to be a thing, right? right like if mum's right. if, if mom's working three jobs, right, and you've got to look yeah. after younger brother and sister, you probably right. won't have a lot of time for your gender identity. But if you're stuck in your room and looking at Reddit all night and you're fairly comfortable, this, and, this and is Yeah, to and to if you're told explicitly, as happens here, I don't know how it is in the UK, that you are on the outs you're the out group you're white you're for, therefore you're an oppressor you d you don't you don't have any um virtue points so yeah. to speak on your intersectionality chart so you know children especially in that sort of preteen adolescent group they're absolutely driven to fit into their peer group they're driven sure. to fit into you know being like wh whatever is being celebrated whatever yeah. that is and so if they can't, you can't be black or you can't be, you know, uh, if, if you're, you know, not very openly gay, let's say, and, and you can get by with that, that's good enough, right? Um, yeah. Then this is sort of an entree. I know that my own kids would tell me that they were called normies, mm. was pejorative. Mm. And so I think, I think she has a point that it may well be a sort of subconscious thing where when you add to it the overt recruitment tactics... Like come yeah. to the, the the rainbow club and here's a bracelet and a flag and oh that drives me mad. Is there a straight club where people come in and discuss straight sex or straight relation? You know, this drives me mad because this no. is gonna, this is going to hit my community when this explodes. It's it's it, it's going to hit it really 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 hard and people will not have the nuance because they'll be too angry to distinguish between those who aided and abetted it and those. Um, who didn't. But to, to your point, I agree entirely. You know, kids are kids. They want to be liked. Yeah. They want to be special. They don't want to just fade into the background. I mean, Dr. Az Hakim, who's wonderful on this subject, he says non-binary is goth mark five. It's just a new way of being a goth. It's a new way of saying I'm a bit different. I would add a layer into that. I think it's also a retreat from the gender wars. I think it's a way of saying I don't want anything to do with this. I think asexuality is the same. And an interesting religious parallel there as well, because it's also the new monk class for gender, isn't it? I'm asexual. I've taken a vow um, of celibacy. But, but you know, these are, you know, I, I just feel sorry for these poor kids, because this is one of the paradoxes and inversions of gender. It treats children like adults and adults like children. So children are expected to make lifelong um, choices at a very young age. It's a lot of pressure on a child. What's your gender identity? What are your pronouns? What's your flag? What's this? What's that? Da, da. That's, that's an enormous amount of pressure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, it, it, you know, you and I managed to get through our adolescences without all this. And, yeah. you know, I never really had the, I, I mean, I guess there are kids maybe who have these questions. I just always assumed they were in the teeny tiny minority and I think one of the reasons that these people get away with what they're doing is they take a tiny, like, sand-sized grain of, of truth, 
that yeah. there are genuinely confused children out there in the world, one out of every who knows what million, I don't know, 100,000. Yeah. Um, and they may need someone to talk to and may need some help, may need some counseling because they're genuinely confused. But then they overgeneralize the danger that all children are in because they might be that child. They overgeneralize the amount they can do to preempt it, prevent it, uh, help, whatever. And we let them do it yeah, because well, just, we want to be lie. nice and kind. Yeah, they just lie. These suicide yeah. statistics are lies. Right? They're, they're complete lies. Then they tell the kids, oh, the hate crime's gone up by 2,000. When you look in the hate crime statistics, the hate crimes are, are someone misgendering someone on Twitter. That's, I mean, I speak as a bloke who's been queer bashed. I had my head kicked in for walking out of a gay bar. That's a hate crime. Someone calling you not using your they, them pronouns on Twitter, do me a favor. But, you know, what have we got here? Why would you keep a constituency in fear? What, why would that be politically useful? What would you hope to gain from scared people? Scared people are quiet, aren't they? And they're compliant. They'll do as they're told. They'll follow your rules. Um, that, that, that is plainly, to my mind, what is going on. And it's beginning to sound a little bit like dictatorship, authoritarian tactics, this, isn't it? Because that is what it is. And it comes to this, does it not? I, I do not accept... Um, and I don't think any reasonable person should, that in the past, I don't know, five years, we have stood on a precipice of human history where suddenly we just discovered that an enormous percentage of us are trans. I don't <laughs> accept. I just don't accept that they've struck oil. Nature made respect. a lot of mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really do not accept that human society has radically changed. I think what's happened, in fact, is a cult has gone into schools, has scared the hell out of children, and... I do consider them victims of this, so I'm, I'm, I'm often quite forgiving of the young trans rights activists because I don't think they had a choice in this. And frankly, I think if I was this age, I could have been caught up in it easily because if you've been fed this. And you've got to remember, it's not just schools. You turn In this country, you turn on the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, you will see trans propaganda. Oh, my know? God, it's Netflix, Hulu, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You cannot turn around without seeing it. There's only one message that these kids are, are getting. So, yeah, and, and what's it doing? It's actively recruiting people to its cause because it enjoys power, because queer theory is about power. It's about language as power. Queer theory is a form, it's sort of connected to Marxism. It doesn't have the material reality bit of Marxism, but it right. certainly understands everything as a power struggle. And you, you can you can see that when you when you look uh, what it what it teaches these poor kids and the pressure it puts on them. Now you have described these this movement or whatever is sort of like a hydra. That if yep. you you know cut off one head, it just you know has five four more and it grows another whatever. Yep. So um, let's say you're successful in shutting down mermaids or getting them criminally investigated and finding out who those hidden trustees. By the way, audience. You can't see who their staff and trustees are. You really couldn't, I think, ever see their trustees, but you now can't see it at all. And they have this little self-pitying message of due to the just terrible abuse that our staff yeah. are taking. So, but you would think, okay, that might be staff that you could reach directly. But if you're a trustee of an organization yeah. and you don't want anyone to know I'm a trustee of this charitable organization, isn't that isn't that kind of a red flag? I you know, where are we on safeguarding, right? Yeah. I'll tell you what, these people are in charge of um, a, an online forum because they are, the trustees are in charge of the charitable trust. They're in charge of movies. They're in, they're in charge of what happens on that forum, but I won't tell you who they are. That's like saying, 
um, I, I'm going to book you a babysitter, but I won't reveal their identity to you. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't think that's normal. <laughs> also, that was their first reaction to all this. And, you know, this is a really horrible thing that's come out in all this. Because as you say, it is self-pitying. Mermaids have shown no concern, no capacity for organisational learning, no concern for the children. They have damaged, um, which is writ large across um, their history. Their concern has been for themselves, their organisation and their reputation. They immediately went to, their first reaction was to hide all um, the trustees. I see today they've been providing statements. So there's two uh, there's a woman called Jamila Jamil, who's an actress, who's a fairly strange character. She released a statement in support of mermaids. And then a trans-identified male who has said some very homophobic things in the past, called Munro Bergdorf, um, also released a statement. They're almost identical. They've been provided by mermaids. So mermaids are now handing out press lines. And I do want to say that, you know, this isn't just a few forums on the internet either. Um, I, I, I'm, you know... Our, our centre, I call it the gender avatar or the former gender avatar, the, our gender identity clinic, the Tavistock, which uh, Dr. Hilary Cass has just ordered to be shut because it is not safe. Um, the head of safeguarding there, Mrs. Sonia Appleby, took them to a tribunal for safeguarding concerns, for whistleblowers. She was a whistleblower and she, she raised homophobia as a concern. She said there are parents coming in here who are openly homophobic Mermaids are putting pressure on staff um, to just trans these kids. When staff are saying, oh, I think the parents might be homophobic, or I think the child is probably gay and can't handle it, mermaids saying, no, 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 just, just trans them. So they've been they've they've had their nose, and they and the Susie Green, the head of mermaids, used to have a meeting once a month with all the doctors down at the Tavis staff. Um that so that cropped up in that case. It also cropped up in, in our big detransitioner case, Kira Bell where they were all over the pleadings, where the court observed, why is this charity having such an effect on what's going on? When it was finally shut, the Times described what was going on there as ideological medical malpractice. And that, that, that is exactly what was going on. I should also say, it's, it's not just in health. The High Court Family Division, um, a High Court judge had to order in a contact case. So con contact is a bit like access. Um, type cases had to say where a mother wanted to trans and a father didn't high court judge had to say mum you cannot let mermaids have any more contact with this child um or you actually because their influence is so malign and they, you know they've been getting away with this sort of stuff for, for years but i just want to just want to emphasize their reach it's not just schools it's also or historically it's been hospitals and they're in the family division case, the field of social services, social work, contact um, in families. It's been, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's its own thing, but it, it sort of have, it has its own heads of the Hydra. Because we're right. You look well, because they've just policy, invaded uh, these other institutions that parents might turn to with a confused yeah. child. You know, let's say you go, you know, you know, your child is confused and rather than have them go on mermaids, you have good sense enough to say, you know, no, you're not going online. Yeah. I know that you need help. So I'm going to take you for help and hopefully find someone who will address these other issues. And so you seek out a therapist, except that your therapist has been trained, influenced, you know, whatever by people who run places like mermaids or the U.S. equivalent. And now that, you know, you can't find yourself a therapist who's going to be honest. They're going to toe that same party line. 
And yeah. um, this has been this is becoming a big problem here in the United States. I'm sure it's already a big problem in the UK because of mermaids' presence. Yeah, and it's you know it, it it's absolutely wicked, isn't it? Mermaids and their friends cause this problem in the first place. They teach little children, you've got the wrong body or you might have the wrong body. That's right. They give them books at a very young age under the guise of my community. Uh, you know, the, Right, the, it's all about the, LGBTQ rights, they say, but yeah. they have the LG at the front. Yeah. And that lends legitimacy to all, what they're doing. All we wanted in the gay rights movement at an appropriate age was the occasional book with a kid who had two mums or two dads. That's all we wanted. That was it. What right. we didn't want is what they're doing, which is right. giving kids at a very young age sexually explicit books. And I think I can guess why, given what we've discussed up to this point, but they are parasitizing and they are exploiting my community my history and that is why so so many that's what i mean that's why i'm wearing this bloody hoodie you know that's why i've had right. a, a, a grand old age of 44 having never thought i'd be a gay rights activist had to set up a gay rights organization because how long before this oh uh, I, I i i really was not in in gay rights at all really until until gender i mean i tangentially i mean you know i did i did bits and pieces here and there for hiv aids like you know fundraising things things like that um and you know bits and pieces for, for gay marriage but I, you know i wasn't one of those people that lived and breathed it <laughs> i am now <laughs> yeah, well, yeah kind of my life now sadly but you know um this is the thing that really gets me when they play um, Florence Nightingale and talk about assisting the kids. You caused this problem, you and your friends. And do you know what? It suits your power. It suits your status. It suits the money that you're getting for this to be a big problem. And it's, you know, surprise, surprise, it's now a big problem. What is it? 5,000% increase in girls trans identifying? Um, yeah. Figures are through the roof. Through the, you look across, you look at that, you look at that picture of the USA, of you know there being like four or five gender clinics about ten years ago. Now they're everywhere. There right. is a lot of money going on here. So I don't, you know, I, I, it really annoys me when they say, "Oh, we're just helping these distressed kids." You're distressing them deliberately. I thank you for saying that because you know? I I feel like I've been I've been you know screaming into the void saying that everything they claim they're helping they're creating. They're they're creating yes. they're they're a solution in search of a problem and it's an extremely profitable solution and then yep. as you point out it is a high status solution. Um, yep. because it makes people instantly untouchable. If you try to criticize somebody who is at the head of this kind of activity, you are all the bad things, bigot, turf, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. And yep. it's, you know, it does keep silence a lot of people. Um, yep. there, what has been distressing to me is to see how many adults, including parents are so willing to be silenced when we're talking about life and death situations here with children, they are children, they're helpless. And now yeah. when I talk about it, people say, but what's so much damage has been caused if they pull back now, like if mermaids were to, to show up tomorrow morning and say, we're, 
we're shutting down. We were wrong. Oops, we screwed up, right? I mean, even if they didn't do that, they just said, we're going out of business. See you later. Yeah. There would be lawsuits. There would be, I mean, as there should be, just as there are with the Tavistock. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, now you start to wonder, are they just CYA? Like, we can't, we, we have to find a way to get out of this and retain our wealth and retain our status and retain our power. Yeah, I mean... I I, I don't care if they, if they if they blow up tomorrow. Frankly, it would be the absolute best thing for any child unfortunate enough to be in their clutches. And I would rather yeah. such children were with um, non-conversion therapy. Conversion therapy ban is so Orwellian. It, it, that is just transing the gay away. That's all it is. Yeah. I would rather such children were in the care of people like Dr. Hilary Cass, who shut the Tavistock because it was not safe. And sort of, you'll forgive me for repeating that, but they keep spinning it. Uh, the other side and saying, oh, they just wanted to disperse care across the country. It's not true. Shut it because it was not safe, which is a big thing to say um, for a hospital. So I would rather children were in the care of Dr. Cass than anywhere near Susie Green. I think it would be brilliant for safeguarding. I think it would be brilliant for child welfare if this place shut down tomorrow and stopped teaching children that they have the wrong body or stopped lying to them, telling them, oh, puberty blockers are reversible. Yeah, they're really reversible until you reach age 18 and you have atrophied, tiny, childlike testicles that are so small that in the case of most boys who then go on to have a neo-vagina, there isn't enough skin to create um, su such a thing. And they graft skin from the bowel. I mean, this is, you know, frankly, nightmarish what they are doing and how they are lying. There are children online this is a very difficult thread to read where um, where therapists are meeting them who are detransitioning, who've had double mastectomies, and they sit there, these girls who are, I don't know, 16, 17, 18, something like that, and they say, well, now I'm back on female hormones, will my, will my breasts grow back? We've got to remember how naive children are and how swayed they can be by disinformation. And... You know, that may be unbelievable to some people reading that, particularly adults, but think back to when you were 18. Think back to when you were 16. Think about what you actually believed in. They're, and it's not these children's fault. They've been sucked into a cult where they have been fed evil, mendacious, filthy lies. And what are we left with? We, we're left with a generation who are scarred, who frankly should be very angry with our generation. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they will be. And what, you know, I think people need to think about where are you going to be in the tale of history? Yeah. You know, which, which side are you going to be on? Because people will look back, the children will look back and there's no good outcome, um, for those who have been sucked into this. So yeah. as far as, um, as far as cutting off these heads or looking for the mermaids equivalent, yeah. whether it's in the UK or even in the United States, what what are the things you would advise parents to look for or to be on the lookout for uh, that something is not legitimate or, you know, that they just shouldn't have their kids be anywhere near? Well, I, I don't think any child should be anywhere near any of these organizations is, 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 is my first line. So um, the first point I would say to any parent is this. Um, remember the con man always makes simple things complex and the con man then separates you from your money. Okay. Okay. Now think about your child like it like it's your money. Okay. Think think about it in those terms. So the minute you hear a teacher say, "Oh, we've got a we've got a problem here," and I'm going to send you to an expert, the answer is no. 
I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm their parent. I am the expert in looking after them. All right. I do not need um, to go to an expert on the internet because if you look at these experts, yeah. and if you and if you look at the, the the lack of qualifications, or if you look at the fact they've been doing this five minutes, or if you look at the paucity or the poverty of the material they create, I would I would say to any parent considering this do not let go of your child do not hand them over please do not hand them over to some internet service some rainbow happy um gay rights friendly friendly these 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 are dangerous organizations and they will teach your child voodoo they will teach your child to lie to you they will teach your child to hate you they will teach your child that they are under siege and they only solace um for them and the only salvation for them are these people on the internet because they are a self-sustaining cult. You cannot hand your children over to cults. If you have a problem, if you've, if you've got a child with a serious psychiatric problem, you see a psychiatrist. You see a right. child psychiatrist. That is what you do. Okay? And research them as well. Oh, my God, research them. You make <laughs> sure that you see someone who is not wedded to transing the gay away. Okay, or, or to otherwise indulging painful fantasies. Treat this like you would treat anorexia or treat it like you would treat a child who'd started cutting themselves. Right. What do not do? affirm because you're now concretizing exactly. their delusions. Precisely. Don't do that. And for goodness sake, do not trust a group on the Internet that say we're experts in this because if you think back to i don't know if you you probably remember this deb i certainly do you know we had a real problem a little while back with these mutually reinforcing groups for anorexia and for self-harming on the internet and it and that that was the early warning sign for gender yes that's what that was it's another that, form of of self-mutilation it's just yeah. you're mutilating they are mutilating from the inside not so much the outside where the cutting is the outside but you'll often see even in the pictures that surgeons will put up of their top surgeries you'll see the child with cut scars cutting scars and the, the child is screaming for help yeah and they do a mastectomy or they they castrate them and it is just absolutely barbaric but the other thing i would say too to add to that is that parents mm. As as Dennis is pointing out, most of the people involved in this work have about five minutes of training. I mean, they they mm. do not know if that if that okay. And so they, the people in your school, who are just mouthing these precepts, and you know they're just they're saying you know we affirm and we do these things, whatever. They are not only not experts on this particular, on your child, because that's a given. They're never, no one else is an expert on your child the way you are, but they are the dead last people that you should be going to for any kind of advice about anything to do with raising your child, period. Yeah. They're barely qualified to teach your child to read and write and do arithmetic. The last thing you need is to have them affirming delusions of your seven-year-old or your eight-year-old. So when you see in your school, this is our policy or your state, has a policy that says we affirm and we recognize the deeply held beliefs of the child run, don't walk, run away from that place. You can't opt out of those beliefs. You can't just sign a form and say, I opt out of you doing this to my child because it's embedded in their belief system. Yeah. And go back to first principles. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I keep repeating this, but you know, no, the, con but the, the con man making the, yeah. the simple complex 
fall back on what you know about kids, right? Kids know who they are. Kids can tell you the truth of who they are. We had to stop kids eating dishwasher tablets as an Thank internet you. craze, right? Yeah. Sometimes we have to say to kids, no, you can't play with the barbecue or the stove or eat the bloody dishwasher uh, tablet. Look at how many TikTok crazes involve children harming themselves. Go back to first principles because your first principle is that a child is a child. We must stop treating children like adults and adults like children. We have to get this right. We have to go back to normality, to sense. And I would also say this of teachers, if I may, look at how many of the crazy people on TikTok going on about neo-pronouns tell you they're an educator. There is, there is something going on in the teaching profession at the moment. We've just had a teaching union over here propose a new definition of transphobia that would make it transphobic to discuss women's rights. Okay. That's how mad it is, because it would say that the teaching of something like the suffragettes, for example, um, is transphobic because it's only uh, because it would have been biological females at the time. So, you know, look at the profession that is approaching you and just remember how captured that profession is and now how dangerous certain members of it are. So do not accept these referrals for goodness sake don't go to the equivalent of mermaids in the united states because they have a vested interest in your child being unhappy okay right. and and don't allow your school to send your child to the equivalent mm. of mermaids schools are giving out urls to things like the trevor project and human rights council and other gender organizations that claim to be there to help the child they almost all have an easy out where you can click out of it and your parents won't know in the in the in the history if the school has a vpn the kid can log on from anywhere through the school's vpn and get around you know on their phone or something and get around your your safeguards on the phone um, the schools are giving this information out. School counselors are giving it out. Teachers are giving it out. Sometimes they'll have like a whole poster on the wall. These are the URLs you can go to. In comprehensive sex ed, they yeah. will give them uh, online, like on their little Chromebooks, lessons put out by some of these groups. Yeah. That the kid just sits there and passively goes through the lesson about gender, about whatever it is. And then congratulations, you've completed lesson one of comprehensive sex ed. And very often you won't know because the, the standards of what the child should know at the end of a year, at the end of a semester, at the end of a grade are not comprehensive. In other words, a teacher can teach beyond the standards. Hmm. A teacher can teach extra what if they feel like it. There's nothing that precludes them except in Florida now. And that's why they get all you know riled up and they're still violating that. So they've got it embedded in the English class and the science. It's everywhere. It, so you can't opt out. You can't just sign a form and say, then your child will not be in class or not be in the library, or not be in school like 80% of the day. Yeah. So this is something that you have to get loud about. I agree. Not having for any of the children and don't, don't get queasy when they say, well, that's your child and I want my child. Fine. Do it at home. And, and I'll tell you what, I mean, if, if I could, if I can do any good here in terms of an American audience, if, if you're feeling nervous about make, making that objection, um, you, use use me, use gay men like me. 
I don't want my child taught this because it's homophobic. Yes. Right? It's teaching my child that boys who are not stereotypically masculine, who like dancing or music or playing with dolls or hanging around with the girls, it's teaching my child that they should be surgically or chemically castrated. And gay people have a real problem with this. So I don't want my child taught this because I'm not a homophobe and I'm surprised that you're teaching it. So if I can, you know, if I can give you an argument, please, please do. Because that's, I mean, that would be my argument if it was my and child. And it's also true. So it's yeah. not, you know, you're not even saying anything yeah. that isn't true. Um, yeah. And challenge things that don't make sense to you or for which you know there is no scientific evidence. When people yeah. tell you that, you know, queer is a thing and this is a thing and that is a thing and it's in the, it's in the school, um, challenge it. Don't don't just accept what's there because there is school. Schools are don't know everything. They're not always correct. They put forth the information that the people who build the school or you know run the school want to teach. You don't also, own that. They're also very vulnerable schools because what I'm hearing from teachers in the United Kingdom at the moment is you get an explosion of kids coming in saying I'm trans because they've all been on the bloody internet. And the head teacher sits there and says, I have no idea what to do. Oh, look. So, oh, look, look who's knocking at the door. There's mermaids in Stonewall. Who, for exactly. a small price, there's always a price. There's a, this is a business, right? It's vested interest. It's in their yeah. interests for your children to be miserable, right? They'll say, well, here's your complete solution. Here's your complete package. And they read out the Stonewall and the mermaid stuff because they think they're doing good and so on. They do that with SEL. They do that with all the yeah. products, all the programs. Like, oh, you have, you know, three people who've been saying they have this problem. Have we got a package for you? Exactly. And, exactly. you know, and then when you ask, and this is an Adrian has this suggestion as well. Mm. If, when they tell you, well, studies show, research shows, ask them to give you those studies. Look oh, at who paid for them. And then ask really serious questions. Ask them to be independently verified. Ask for two or three or four. You wouldn't take if a you went to the doctor and they said, "Well, yeah. you have cancer, and we recommend this treatment." You wouldn't just say, "Okay." Sure. <laughs> I mean, I would hope not. I hope you say yeah, like yeah, a second yeah, yeah, opinion yeah. and see what else you've got. Of course. And I have to say, the minute you stress test most of these studies, we did this with conversion therapy because when they tried to introduce the act here. We had something called the Coventry Study, which is a town in the in the Midlands, and we and we looked at it. It was about trans conversion therapy, and they were going to tell us about trans people who've been through it. And when we lifted the hood on that on that particular engine right. of unreality, well, there were three people out of a cohort of ninety or so who said they were trans. One of whom said they were non-binary. So in fact, there were only two. And that, and they were basing the whole study on that, and they and they were using that to say, well, you know, ninety percent of trans people, something, some ridiculous figure, have been offered it, and we just, it's it's one of the reasons we were successful in destroying it in the UK. We we said, well, your 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 study does not bear that out. They are used to getting away with bad information, and they're used to getting away with poor statistics, like the suicide statistics, like the hate crime statistics, which are nonsense. I mean, I think in the United Kingdom, in the last five years precisely zero trans people have been murdered. But we are told that trans hate crime has gone up 
this was a headline just the other day. Yeah, by we hear the same in the United States, and I dug into the statistics and found that the rubbish. majority, the vast majority, were murdered by somebody they were dating or murdered by somebody else, yep. like within the community. It wasn't like they were walking yep. down the street and some random stranger said, "You're trans, and I'm going to kill you." It doesn't, you know, I don't mean to make light yeah. of it, but that's they're not telling you the con the full context of yeah. of their situation. And it's it, and I have to say, from a gay male point of view, it makes me very angry because actually the constituency that have always been and are in the most danger are gay males. Um, it's it, it's partly because we engage as a as a um, subclass of people in more risky behaviours. You're gonna you're much more likely to find out uh, gay males out cruising, for example. So you know, hooking up with sex in public right. places. Uh, and in fact, we had we had a murder fairly recently of uh, a chap in Wales where that was and we don't do anybody any favors when we lie to them yeah it's it you're not sparing somebody's feelings <laughs> when you refuse to discuss that for example gay males are at most risk because of engaging in risky behavior how are yeah. you helping them stay safe by pretending that's not true well it, you know, it, we, it's yeah, not insulting it, it's factual <laughs> it's, you know we've got you know, we've got a choice here, right? We can all have rictus grins and smile unconvincingly under the great rainbow of gay rights and pretend everything's fine. Or we can say we ha we've got a problem with violence and the Stephen Port murders in the United Kingdom were four gay boys murdered by a man who spiked their drinks with chemsex drugs. We've got chemsex ripping a whole chemical, a chemical burn, if you will, in the gay male community with the emergence of fentanyl in London, oh, which is an extremely God. serious drug. We've got very young boys contracting HIV at the moment because they are told, oh, it's all right, you just go on pills for the rest of your life, which is not good medical advice because, you know, there is a difference between taking a retroviral from age 18 to the end of your natural life to the time when most guys started taking retrovirals, which would be sort of 20s, 30s, more often 30s for the modern sure. retrovirals. So, sure. you know, we can we can dance around and play happy, happy if we want under the rainbow, um, but it will be unconvincing and, and, and you will lose people uh, as a result. Or we can have honest conversations. We can right. say, look, if you're going to engage, this is what we used to do in the gay rights movement before... Right. This is, this is one of my big problems with gender. There's no air in the room anymore for anything else. It's one of the things we want to change with this, he says, trying to point at the right bit of the logo. There, with this, we want to change yeah. it with this. We do want to have some difficult conversations. You do you know? want to address this? Ellie says, uh, sorry, Dennis, it's women who are most at risk. Are you speaking specifically about uh, within the community, the LGBT, LGB community, that men are most at risk amongst themselves or are you talking in the just a, the wider world i'm talking women the... being physically vulnerable obviously probably more at risk oh yeah yeah sure, yeah yeah sure 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 i mean it's it's correct it's correct to say the risk of violent crime generally is the, the biggest risk factor is going to be being a woman and there is some there's an appalling statistic it's something like one, right. one and they're now at risk week. from pras and agps exactly <laughs> but like... in, t in terms of the lgbt if you look right. at um instances of murder for being that sexuality so homophobic murder the highest risk group is is gay males and that's what um, i understood you to say so i just yeah. wanted some clarification sure. on that okay okay sure, sure, yeah sure, so sure, like sure. within within the community yeah. Yeah. um but, and, you but, know to your point about the hormones yeah. and the uh you know the t or and the medicines for aids and everything there's also a difference it used to be 
the protocol, at least in the United States, I don't know what it was in, in, um, in the UK, but if you really had gender dysphoria so severe that mm. therapy and other things were just not going to work, usually you're talking about people trans, uh, transitioning in their 20s or even by 30, okay? Mm. And so if you're going on cross-sex hormones at that age and taking them for the rest of your natural life, there's still high risk of cancer. There's still high, you know, higher risk of these things of taking these hormones. But again, you're starting here. We have yeah. no, zero long-term data on what it is like for someone starting a, you know, pre-puberty with the blockers and then the cross-sex hormones like right away, 18, and taking them the rest of their natural lives. I mean, I- It, it, it is an, ex it's an experiment on little children, on, vun on, on some of the most vulnerable children there are, children who are probably- isolated because they're gender non-conforming children who have homophobic parents autistic children who can't make mates normally and the only friends they made was through gender children in care who've been mistreated all their life they are now guinea pigs in an open air live experiment on little children and to say we don't know the risks is in some senses, it's euphemizing the matter. We know that the adolescent brain is no good at long-term decision-making because the prefrontal lobe hasn't settled and it doesn't settle until your 20s and it's a bit later for boys than it is for girls. So we're messing with that. Some of these kids are getting osteoporosis now in their 20s as you say cancers galore then you add in cross-sex hormones testosterone is very good at causing heart attacks that's what it does it's a stress it's, it's a stress hormone it, it can i've i've had a testosterone imbalance before and it was horrible it felt like my heart was going to beat out of my it's not pleasant um if you put estrogen into a boy um it's very good at causing strokes really good mm -hmm. at causing strokes. Um, there's, a, there's a wonderful endo endocrinologist whose name escapes me who did a, a long-form interview about this with Benjamin Boyce that is worth looking up. So if you Google it, Ben Boyce endocrinologist, it, it'll probably come up. And he goes through this. So what have we got? We're experimenting. Then we are casually providing drugs that can have the most devastating effects. And do you know what? This is not dyeing your hair. This is the human endocrine system, right? This and is we're giving them to, to, to children <sighs> who are at the point in their lives where they're about as bad as you are ever going to be, other than when you're like a toddler and literally incapable. Okay, though you look like you might be capable, maybe you have a vocabulary that's big enough to sound like you're capable, but your brain is so, like, incapable of making long-term planning decisions. And if you add to that yeah. the comorbidity of being neurodivergent, like being autistic, yeah. where you're farther behind in terms of maturity of your yeah. brain as well as your emotions, yeah, it, it's utterly ridiculous that we would even consider doing this. And you would, I would think, automatically assume or should that any adult allowing this is abusing the child literally abusing a child that you would say that you were abusing a child. If you asked a child to sign a contract yeah, for well, a loan. Okay. Yeah. This is their body. It, it, it's, 
what it is, we, we, you know, there are going to be cases, and I, I've seen cases where I'm absolutely convinced it's Munchausen's behaviour oh. and the parents yeah. enjoying it and the trans kid is the latest fashion accessory. I've also seen parents who don't know what to do and are a bit exhausted and a bit knackered and just going along with it. Um, and, you know, and I've seen some parents who, who don't like it and are, are powerless to stop it. But yeah. whether we call it abuse, whether we call it neglect, whether we call it the opposite of that, so trying to fight it, the, the end result is the same. The end result is harm, harm to a child. So... In a way, I don't want children in these positions. I don't want parents in these positions. And I don't want bad parents being able to take advantage of this either. So we have to go back to the source with this question and say the provision of experimental drugs to children who, by definition, are bad at long-term decision-making is yes, the problem. Exactly. The structure is the problem. And the fact the NHS is complicit in this in my country and the fact that in your country, people are making a handsome living from doing this. Um, it just seems so obvious to me that the policies across the board should be, no, you must yeah. be an adult, period. It's just Bang. like we're not even going to have the conversation. Bang. You have yeah. to be an adult because the risks so, I mean, there are no benefits, in my opinion, zero. So you could even tell me that you're, you know, junior buck angel. I don't care. There is no harm in waiting until you've gone all the way through puberty and you are now a fully individualized adult. You're, you're, you're an adult. You're legally an adult. You're physically an adult. I personally put that past 18, like 25. But yeah. over there, yeah. because then parents aren't in that horrible bind, like you said, of, you know, what if I decide wrong and they could be taken advantage of their love for their child and all this. And the child, you know, an adult's going to make an adult decision. Yeah, but at least they're properly or hopefully properly equipped to do that and they can outgrow whatever might be a function of them being immature and confused and and vulnerable. Mm. So I just don't see any harm whatsoever in just making it. And I'm not big on this should be illegal. OK, that's like you won't yes, hear that should. very often. <laughs> mm. But this is one of those cases where I'm like, this should just play be illegal, period. Well, we, we just have to do, do the utilitarian calculus, don't we? And say, look, for every one buck angel, there's going to be 500 detransitioners. Bang. Decision, the decision rather makes it, it, it itself uh, on, on pure numbers uh, alone. And, you know, it's worth analyzing. Why was the trans kid created? Right. Because I tell you what I see. I see a bunch of Hulk and Gray AGPs who would never have surgery in the first place demand so they can play Nurse Ratchet or Florence Nightingale demand that kids have this irreversible surgery so they can pose as the great caregivers. They would never have surgery. They would never have their penises inverted, these blokes. They, I know what these blokes are like. And Tish did a wonderful interview with Graham Linehan yesterday where she said all this stuff about, oh, I wish I'd tranced in my junior years and so on. She said, I don't believe it. I, th I think what these are are men excusing a porn addiction because, in fact, the pathway into trans has been porn. And if you acknowledge that, and if you confront it and you get to the fetishistic root of AGP and, you know, what else can it possibly be? It has to be fetishistic. Right. It is a fetish, isn't it? We can't dance around that. That, that it, is, it is literally, I am sexually turned on by dressing in this way. That makes it a fetish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they don't want to say that. 
so instead we get this fairy tale about oh i've always had a gender identity if only i'd had it when i was a kid no mate this is because you spent too long on the internet that's what's yeah. happening here. and it's and it's because and men you know i go with professor camille paglia on this men are particularly vulnerable to porn saturation uh because men are more visual right. um they're, they're much more visual than verbal and visual stimulus that's why men consume pornography and it, it's, right. it, it, it's why the porn market looks like it does you know yeah. um well it's but, just it's just something that i every time I approach this topic or I've seen news about it or whether it's mermaids or it's stuff here in the United States, I, this more than anything else upsets me. Like all the stuff that's yeah. happening in the schools, or the academics, everything else is terrible, but I get to this and I, I, I find myself having thoughts that are quite dark. <laughs> like yeah. I want, I want to hurt. I don't know if you've ever read Richie's um, Richie Heron, who goes by the Twitter handle name of Tulip. He's a male detransitioner. Yeah, uh, yes, we're, yes. we're getting the boys now. You know, Richie did a harrowing thread about what this actually means and what it means is, um, and he won't mind me saying this because he, he, he published it on, on Twitter. He's yeah. a very brave, brilliant guy. He did a wonderful interview with Blair White, which I really recommend people watch. Yeah. Um, where I think Blair was very moved um, by what was said. But, you know, he described, well, it takes me half an hour um, to urinate. I, I have no sexual function. I can't even have receptive anal sex because I don't, I don't have a prostate that can be stimulated. I have zero sexual function now at all. I have dreams about still having my penis. And I was, I was talking to my mate Clive, who I do podcast with, called Queen Speech, if anyone wants to watch yes, it, by the way. it's wonderful, you <laughs> yeah. guys. Thank you very much. But Clive um, had um, 30, he's retired now, but had sort of 30 years in nursing and lecturing nursing. And I'm just talking to him about Richie's dream. And he and he was about still wishing, you know, dreaming that he still had an intact body, which apparently is a very common dream with detransitioners. And Clive said to me, that's a bereavement dream. That's what that is. He's going through the process of bereavement. It's, it's you, you get these sorts of dreams, um, you know, where people have lost a, a, a loved one so i'm not surprised it drives you to anger it drives me to absolute wrath when i i, I like i, I, I just get so i i don't know whether it's you know my humanity whether it's being a parent i, I couldn't possibly tell you because i'm i'm i was already a parent when i first learned about all this stuff so i can't even go backwards and think of what i might have thought but yeah i just feel this kind of rage and when I hear people like I'll watch video from the the protest last weekend, I guess it was in Anaheim where Billboard Chris was there outside of a pediatric conference. Yeah. And there was a mom there talking about her child and how, you know, I just want my child to be happy. And I just this is what they, you know, you know they're totally reversible. Whatever. And I'm listening to this mother gleefully counter protesting about this wonderful thing she did for her child and how, you know, this was to make my child happy at the age of 12 Jesus. and you know, this was just great. And I think other children should be able to do this. And, and I'm listening to the just lie after lie. I don't know if she knew she was lying. And, and I, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. I mean, he stands yeah. there civil engaging her in conversation. Well, tell me why you think that. Well, that's actually not true. Yes, it is. No, it's not, you know, back and forth. Mm. I would have had to remove myself 
I, I, I can relate to that a lot, Deb. I mean, there's a reason I don't have a Twitter account. I do have a bit of a temper. And I, I, I really pride myself on not, you know, not using ad hominem and all those kind of things. But if I were physically in the presence of a person like that, I would have to excuse myself and like go as far away as fast as possible from that person because I would probably find myself screaming. I, I would just... Yeah, I, I think the thing with that is, you know, maybe a few years ago, you, you would say to yourself, well, actually, there's only a small corner of the internet, like Magdalene Burns or something like that, yeah. talking about this or Exelancic explaining cause puberty blockers are reversible. But now, today, for people to be mindlessly repeating lies, it's, it's, it's why I no longer have any patience with gay men who are not fighting this, because it's out there now. Homophobia has been recognized as a safeguarding concern at these places. There are enough gay men like me pointing out that this is an existential attack on homosexuality. You've only got to search the words cis gay on Twitter and you will find the most appalling homophobia you, you have ever seen. And this is off the back, of course, because we were the second in line. It was lesbians who got hit first and got hit hardest. So it's been obvious about how homophobic it is from day one. See, I, I, I'm, I, I would be very similar to you because I, I want to know what is your excuse now for not reading the obvious? Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I guess I, you know, in closing, I would like to challenge any, you know, anybody watching who is not already uh, pushing themselves to tell the truth all the time about this issue, wherever and whenever it comes up, um, if you are active, if you have children in school and you are active, whether it's school board meetings or you're active in, you know, pushing back in, in parent groups, stop worrying about hurting somebody's feelings. These children are being physically brutalized. They are being mutilated and destroyed, killed, really. Yeah. Um, and because we don't really know how many will end up committing suicide. I, yeah, well, I don't even want to, 10 years, I don't even want to know that it'll be staggering. staggering. There's a reason that we call people survivors of child abuse. I was talking to Dr. Kerry Black about this today, and she said, we use that word because not all of us make it. And I know that from prosecuting this stuff where the boys and girls turn up off their face on heroin and not all the witnesses there because some of them don't make it. It is that serious. I, I would just say, shout as loud as you can if you possibly can, but not everyone can, not everyone has that that spirit. And look, if it's an anonymous tweet here or there, if it's an anonymous blog or a journal, if it's just a friendly chat with someone to say, look, I've heard a few things and I'm getting concerns about right. this. If you can, if you can just do as much as you possibly can. And, you know, I appreciate that, you know, it's, you know, I, it's all very well for me. I'm, I'm happily married husband completely agrees with me and, you know, I can do this sort of stuff. I'm not a single mother of four where if I say the wrong thing, the mortgage doesn't get paid. So I get that there's a limit to what people can do. But if you, all I would say is if you possibly can, even if it's a small thing, just do it. Just do yep. it. Because this will require citizen activism. It will require, this has come from the top down. This came from the academy. It's coming from unions. It's coming from big business. It's coming from big tech. Those are all bearing down on us little people. We have to stand up to it. 
Yeah, we we have to because the kids are the, the the kids need us. They're helpless, and I mean, even teenagers, they're they're so confused. They're not, yeah. they're not in the right mind, and they're being made less in the right mind by these adults. So, yeah. they, you know, so I guess, and and do you think mermaids will fall? Do you think that we it'll be shut down like Tavistock? I I think it's heading that way. I mean, once an MP on the floor of the House of Commons says, I want a criminal investigation, and the Prime Minister sounds like she's pretty up for that, and the Prime Minister's whatever else people say about her, she's very good on this issue, um, I think there's a good chance. If I was a trustee of Mermaids tonight, I would be uh, ringing up the CEO and saying, we need you to resign by tomorrow, um, because... Uh, if there is a criminal investigation, there will have to be a criminal investigation of the fiduciaries, that is to say, the people in charge of the trust, which are the trustees. So I think I, th- I think it's I think it's just ratcheted up. I mean, you never know in the gender wars, do you? You never know what's going to happen one day to the next. But I think it's looking bad for them. And I have to say, it is delightfully ironic that it's occurred just at the point where they tried to shut down the LGB alliance, our only same uh, charity for same-sex attracted people in the United Kingdom. I mean, a positively Shakespearean turn of events. Yes, that is wonderful. It's you know sometimes <laughs> the good guys. Sometimes the good guys get one and, you know, get, get a win. Um, yeah. And that's, that's nice lately because it, it seems like it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but Dennis, I, I can't thank you enough for coming and spending hey. this time with us and helping my okay. audience, you know, mostly in the United States, but thank you to those of you who are in the UK for tuning in. Um, understand mermaids as sort of an example of what goes on. It does go on here in the United States by other names too. So be on the lookout and um, you know, Cheers to you for everything that you've been doing and everyone over there has been doing. I, I try to keep up as much as I can. And folks, if you want to see some true heroism, follow the gender wars in the UK <laughs> because they are <laughs> badass. Like for lack of a better term, we're talking about some women and some men who are just like, you know, <laughs> I, I really, I gotta say, I really, I, I pretty just, full on. No, I love it. I love it. I really wish we could get more attention. Our press doesn't report any of this. I would, yeah. So if you're not on Twitter and you're not paying attention, you wouldn't see it. So go on Facebook, follow Dennis on Facebook, follow his Substack, um, listen Thank to the you. podcast, yeah. and you'll catch up on it and be inspired. The main reason I want you to do that is not just for information, but I really think when you follow these people who've given testimony, who've stuck their necks out, who've gone to protest, who've risked going to jail, <laughs> who've yeah. gone to jail. <laughs> You, yeah. you'll, you'll be inspired. And that's what you need right now is to feel like, you know what? I want to be in that club. <laughs> yeah. That's, and and I, also, I think if we, if we crack it in the UK, I think there's going to be a ripple effect. So mm-hmm. um, please, if you're in America, if you want to sample some proper delicious insanity, check the UK Weird War One, the gender wars. But yes. uh, also, we do have some very funny GC people. Like often our threads are quite funny. So Yeah, so yeah. definitely check them out. And thanks to everybody for coming. Again, if you're watching on the replay, thank you so much. Please like, share, comment, subscribe. And we will put I'll put show notes down below after the show that will include links to Dennis's pod, podcast, uh, Queen Speech, and also to uh, a document that has like some timeline information and things like that will help you better understand this specific scandal. So thanks everybody. I hope you'll have a great afternoon. And thank you.